Amen. We're going to be looking at the book of Galatians, the chap, uh, chapter 6 of Galatians today, and uh, continuing our series on Galatians that uh, I know uh, happened last week and has been happening for the past few weeks as well. Um, but I, I love teachings that help me get to the next level and get to the next step. And uh, some of you are familiar with the book of Proverbs, say Proverbs. In the Old Testament, there is a book of Psalms that is poetry and kind of praises to God and, and really sometimes uh, wrestling with God. And then the book after Psalms is a book of Proverbs, which is a book full of wisdom. It's kind of wise sayings about best practices. And I heard somebody this past week say, if you take uh, one chapter a day of the book of Proverbs, there's 31 of them. By the end of the month, if you read a chapter a day and allow it to sink into your life, you will be wiser after one month. How, how many like to be wiser? Amen. And so here, that's a next step for you. And we're not talking about the book of Proverbs today, but I named the title of my talk today, Proverbs from Galatians. And I know that sounds a little bit funny because some of the things that we're going to talk about today is Paul's admonition, Paul's teaching to us and how we can get better, how we can do this life with God thing. Amen. And so he, he's given us some wisdom from his experience, from God himself. And we believe to the Galatians, but also supernaturally to us here in the hood. Amen. At Heart and Soul Community Church. Um, there have been times, and I don't know about you, but where I have felt that I have messed up enough, I've done wrong, the wrong thing enough, where I have felt unlovable, unqualified, and just not making the grade. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen? And so there's been times in my life where that has happened. And I always remember that there's, God uses all kinds of different things in my life to, to get me back on track. But one of the things that God consistently uses is people. Say people. God will often use people in your life and mine to share a word, to speak something that might help us get back on track. And, and again, there's been times where I have felt unloved, like I've messed up bad enough. God is not going to forgive me this one. And I've always heard the voice of God-loving people who say, you're going to make it. God loves you. You are forgiven. There is still hope. And through their voice, I hear the voice of God. Amen? And it gives me, it gives me joy. It gives me strength. You ever feel like that? Before we begin in the text today, I want to tell you that in God, there is hope for people who are far from him. Amen? In God, there is for, uh, hope for people who have been disappointed and discouraged. You know, I heard a message this week about discouragement discouragement is a killer some of us are discouraged in our marriages we're discouraged about our kids we're discouraged about our finances and God is saying look up to the sky and look to God who's sitting on the throne and as you connect with him he will start filling you with courage and hope and enthusiasm so that you can be a better husband a better a better father to your kids a better leader wherever you're at in your finances God will do what no one else can do discouragement is a killer and the only antidote that I know to discouragement is to receive encouragement from the living God and encouragement from my brothers and sisters amen and so today we're talking about proverbs from Galatians and Paul begins and says brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin, now I'm going to stop there for a second because I think this is great. Paul says, if someone is ever caught in a sin, and can you imagine, it's, you know, I know probably nobody sins. I know nobody here heart and soul sins. Praise be to God. We got truth-telling people. We got people who are not greedy, who are not envious, uh, none, none of that. 
Um, you know your pastor has, has, uh, has uh, different sins that he struggles with. One of them is food. You know, I'm often, you know, the other day, can I, I tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about my, my food struggles. You know, I've been doing, there's some areas that I'm doing better at, you know, with food, trying to eat a little bit healthier and, and little by little. But something happens when the sun goes down. Can I get an Amen. And just so, there's something, you know, when the sun is up, man, I'm eating healthy and give me those fruits, give me those veggies. I'm drinking water, but the sun comes out. Anybody know what a werewolf is? <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, oh, there's a, there's a fridge. That's my, that's my, that's what I hunt. So there's been a time or two where I've had to say, Lord, forgive me for the sin of gluttony, eating too much. I've, I've, without, I know you guys don't do this, but sometimes I eat when I'm not hungry. I just, just want to whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's for condemnation. I'm saying that because, listen, we're all sinners. Romans says all have sin. You say, Pastor, man, you got issues. You eat at night. Just control yourself. Get some self-control. But, but you know what I know? That if we looked at your life and found your one thing that you struggle with, maybe others would say, come on, get it together. Stop it. Why don't you just do better? But we all have our areas, and so Paul begins and says, Brothers and sisters, if someone, anyone, someone out there is caught in a sin, here's the suggestion. You who live by the Spirit, say the Spirit, should restore that person gently. You who live by the Spirit, and, and I, I know I'm not getting too far here, but just bear with me. It is important for you to get help from to listen to, especially in times of discouragement, you need to go to a place where there might be a person or two who are filled with the Spirit of God so that when they speak to you, what they can speak to you are words from God, not words from something else. And so Paul says, you who live by the Spirit should restore the person gently. So it's not only that I seek out help from people that are filled with the Spirit when I need help, but it's also that us, as people who love God, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God fills us. We don't look to put people down. We don't look to be judges. We don't look to condemn. Can I get an amen? Now, sometimes um, I know some followers of Jesus who struggle with this, and they, they walk down the mall, and there's like, they're judging this person. They judge that person. They judge, oh, that person can't. Are you with me? And Paul says, hey, no, no, no. Listen, being filled with the Spirit is not so that you can condemn and be judging all the time. You who are filled, live by the Spirit should what? What's the word? Should restore. Say restore. Oh, that's beautiful. That person gently. You should restore that person gently. My wife, Amy. I tell my friends, I tell anyone who listen, she is the sweetest woman that I know. Because one of the things that she does is, believe it or not, from time to time, I do dumb things around the house. I know that's hard to believe. Or I say something that is insensitive. And, and you know, Amy comes to me gently. And I can hear someone who comes and speaks to me gently. Say gently. But you know that I've had people come, hey! You did this and you did that. What happens the second they start talking? Whoa, hey, all right, I'm ready for you. Come on. No, I, I, got, I know what you did last week, so I got you. But if somebody comes gently, say gently, filled with the Spirit, 
come gently. There's something about the Spirit. Do you know that God has never, oh, thank you, Lord. He's never come at me after I've failed or after I've struggled. He's never come at me and said, you've done wrong, and what's wrong with you? No, God, the Spirit of God, he's a gentleman. He always comes gently. Amen? But watch yourselves. So you're filled with the Spirit. You want to help someone out. Do it gently. Do it in the Spirit of Christ. But be careful. Say, be careful. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, be careful. Because sometimes what happens is in trying to help and trying to restore, there are some of us who are so susceptible to things that in trying to help someone, we actually participate in what's going on there. You know, I've heard it said that it is hard for me. If I, am, if I am addicted to alcohol, it is very hard for me to go and help a brother or a sister at a bar. Can I get an amen? If I struggle with, and you name it, you put it, whatever it is, whatever it is. I was uh, with my two closest friends last, last week. Once a year, we get together, we pray, we came here, we worship God, amen? We worship God on Saturday. You say, well, pastor, where were you on Sunday? You know what? I didn't do Sunday with you, but I was here on Saturday worshiping, praising the Lord, amen? And we were actually sharing the word of God right here, right, right up here. But we were staying at my, one of my friend's house, and, and his dad uh, allowed us to just be at the house. And, you know, it's, uh, the, why do I do that? Not to get too uh, caught in the weeds here, but we were, we were in Rochester, but I was staying somewhere that was not my house. Are you with me? It's supposed to be a guy's weekend. And so if I stayed at my house, do you know that that's not the guy's weekend? <laughs> if I stayed at my house, it'd be another kind of weekend. Very exciting, right? And so we stayed there, and God bless my friend's dad. He had Snickers bars all over the house. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I was rebuking the enemy every corner of the house in Jesus' name. Pray for your pastor. Watch yourselves. You also may be tempted. Something about being tempted. So a couple of fill-ins here. Restoration is the first fill-in. For sinners is possible in the body of Christ. Restoration for sinners is possible in the body of Christ. How many know that's good news? Paul's saying, hey, if you've messed up, you can be restored by spiritual people, men and women, who do it gently. Restoration is possible. So if you're here and you feel like you're disconnected, you feel like you messed up with God, hallelujah, there's restoration available for you. Amen? Restoration available for me. And we talk about connecting to God here. And here's the cool thing. We can reconnect, reconnect to God even today. The next feeling is this. Community is so powerful that the apostle warns us not to let our guard down. In other words, it is so powerful. Who we're with matters. Who I'm with matters. I've got a buddy that used to be super overweight, very unhealthy, and he started to be healthy. He's eating vegetables and grass and weird things like that. Praise be to God. And he's exercising, and he's lost like something ridiculous. I don't know, like 50 pounds. It's crazy. He's the, one of the healthiest guys I know. And I try to be healthy, and when I get around him, I just, I'll start eating what he eats. Okay, I'll get veggies, and I, because I want, there's something about community. Are you with me? But when I get around other friends who uh, don't really care about that, because community is a powerful thing. That's why Paul says, 
Watch yourselves. Or you also may be tempted. You gotta listen, nobody is going to take care of you the way that you are. In other words, Paul's saying, listen, yes, God is gracious and merciful, but for heaven's sake, be very careful. Next time, call your friend's dad. Please, no Snickers. Put other things instead there. Reconnecting to others is important. So who you're with matters, community. He goes on, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And we have uh, something that we like to say called serve one another, and that's the next one, serve one another. Whenever we're in the body, whenever we're with people, part of the calling of God is that we serve one another. We carry each other's burdens. I might be able to help coach in something, but he might be able to help someone else in something else, and that person might be able to help someone else because we're all strong in different ways. In the membership class that we do about once a month here, we say that everyone is, at, is, is a 10 in some area. Everyone is a 10 in some area. And so in the areas of strength for you, help and carry each other's burdens. Do it in, fill, filled with the Spirit and do it gently. Paul continues on. He says, if anyone thinks, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I'm talking about Proverbs and Galatians because Paul is just zinging at some of the things that we've got going on. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, (laughs) they deceive themselves. Wow. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, this is interesting because I want you just to look at the verse right before Galatians 6, 2. It says, carry what? Each other's. And then he just said, everyone should carry their own load. Okay, Paul, you have issues. Work them out, please, before you write in the scriptures, right? So notice that Paul is talking about carrying each other's burdens when it comes to our weaknesses. That we are to help each other in our weaknesses. But what he's, what he's talking about later on in that same part is be careful how you think of yourself. Here's why. I'm, I'm going to explain it with Jesus. Jesus said this. Stop looking at the speck of sawdust. This is my nephew, by the way, Caleb. Everyone say hi, Caleb. Hi. He's in the Navy. He came to visit his uncle with a few days off. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We love you. Right? I could, okay, Caleb walks through the door. Hey, Caleb, there's something wrong. You got stuff going on. No, Jesus says, says, stop. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in someone else? And you don't look at the plank. Ow! In your own eye. I got one good eye. I'm looking at other people. And Paul's saying, hey, carry your own load. Worry about your own stuff. Stop worrying so much about this person or that person. Help them if you can. Serve one another if you can. But don't look at the speck. And check out the log in your own. And what happens is when I pay attention to this, here's what happens. When I pay attention to it, I'm more humble because I recognize I got stuff going on. And because I'm more humble, when I see other people, I don't see judgment. I see, hey, they're like me. They are a beggar that needs bread. And I'm a beggar that needs bread. And I can tell them where to find bread. Amen? Together. 
The next villain is this. The comparison game is destructive and leads to deception and pride. And I don't have too much time to go into that. But brothers and sisters, do not live your entire lives comparing yourself to your friends on Facebook or I'm told on Instagram. I'm, I don't do Instagram. I, one social media platform is enough for your pastor. But we, we live in comparison. Man, look at that. I'll, I'll just tell you a secret right quick. I have a friend I went to college with who is uh, brown like me <laughs> and is a, an awesome man of God and he has written books and he does worship and he does all he travels all over there are some times where your pastor will look at his facebook pictures and he's going out i'll say man i wish i could do that but what i started realizing is that every time i saw his post i would say man i wish i could do that but i wasn't saying oh that's so good for him i was like man how come he gets to do this stuff and i don't envy oh be careful right so I, so I had to, so God, God showed it to me. He said, hey, you, you got issues with this guy. You know what I've been doing? God, I bless him. In Jesus' name, may his family, his finances, in Jesus. And something starts happening inside. When I stop comparing, I start thanking God for what I do have, not for what I don't have. And something happens inside of me. Peace comes. Joy comes. Say joy. You know, some of us are missing out on joy because we're too busy comparing ourselves to others. And God says, stop looking at someone else. Look at what I have given you and do something with what you have. Amen? Amen. Jesus says, what do you have in your hand? The comparison game is destructive. The next one is choose humility. Choose humility. I've already talked a little bit about that, so I'm going to move on. Choose humility. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. And again, I am sorry I don't have a lot of time to dive into it, but here's what I'll say about this. Generosity is the antidote to playing the comparison game. <laughs> Generosity. Generosity is the next villain. Is the antidote to playing the comparison game. When you're generous, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give of what I have. Something happens. And it's part of sharing God's love. Amen? It's part of sharing God's love. Paul goes on. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. And I just want to say a couple of things. One is, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. So don't be deceived, Paul says. Be very careful. The next feeling is this. Whatever you feed grows. <laughs> Whatever you feed grows. Something amazing happens. And, I, and I'm sorry, I, I, I'm talking about the food thing because it's kind of like what I'm dealing with. Uh, when you get to preach, sometimes you can tell what you're dealing with, okay? So that will be good. Uh, so, you know, what, whenever that is. Uh, Miriam's ready. She's ready to preach and, and, and come on up whenever. <laughs> Whatever you feed grows. There's an old movie, old movie in the 80s about a little plant that it was alive. And this guy, this guy, uh, he sees that the plant needs, it doesn't like water, it doesn't like anything. What it likes is little droplets of blood. I know it sounds, sounds really weird. Just bear with me, okay? It's a little cute little plant, and it just wants a little bit of blood. 
And the guy just kind of, he pokes himself by mistake one day and he finds out this plant likes little drops of blood. The problem is, and, and I just want to say, everything in your life and mine usually starts with just a little bit. The, the addiction just starts with a little bit. The wrong relationship starts with a little bit. Just a little. It's so cute. It's cute. I give it a little bit of blood. Yeah, it's my blood. It's kind of weird, but, but it's grown. And eventually that plant grows and grows and grows, and it demands more, and it demands more, and it demands more. And the day comes when the guy is trying to take care of this plant, and he gets to a place where he's willing to give up the lives of other human beings so that this plant can eat because it demands more. What you and I feed grows. Somebody said, Pastor, I don't understand why I'm struggling with pornography like this and how I ended up here. Just heard a story this past week of someone who, who was a good person and got caught up in porn just a little bit, just a little bit, and kept feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. He is now in jail for doing illegal things. Because whatever you feed, loved ones, but here's the deal. If you feed the Word of God... If you feed honesty and vulnerability, if you feed worship, if you feed the things of God, all of a sudden you start growing and growing and growing. And in the same way that it's just a little bit for sin, just a little bit of faith, Jesus says. It's like a, like a mustard seed, and it grows, and it becomes a huge tree, and it blesses you and your family. Whatever you feed grows, watch what you're eating. Last couple of verses. Let us not become weary in doing good. Say, do good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Oh, loved ones, hear this. Some of you need to hear this. Do not give up. At the proper time, you will reap your reward. There will come a day. Some people say, Pastor, I, I'm helping my family. I'm, I'm helping this person and, and all that. And I feel like I never get mine. And Jesus would say through the scriptures, Paul says, don't become weary. At the proper time, you will reap a reward. Here's the next villain. Look for the greater reward. Look for the greater reward. And finally, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I want to remind you that Paul is speaking to Galatians, and he's speaking about an issue that they have, Jewish believers thinking you've got to do it our way. Our way is better than yours. Surely Puerto Rican Christians are better than Dominican Christians or better than European Christians. Of course, that's true, right? So the first villain is this. As you are able, do good to everyone. Do good to everyone. And, and the next villain is this. Being in Christ, listen, unites us. Being in Christ unites us all, regardless of ethnicity, nationality, or social status. And so Paul is reminding the church, hey, do good to everyone, Even the, especially those who are in the family of believers. In Christ, we are one. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from. If you're a Jewish believer or a Greek believer or a Puerto Rican believer, bless be to God. Do good to everyone because Christ unites us. Proverbs from Galatians. The word of God is full of wonderful, wonderful words for you. If something that we've talked about today 
is meaningful to you. There are connection cards in front of you. I want you to let me know what God is doing in your heart, and that's one way that you can connect with me. So please fill out the connection card. Say, either I've recommitted my life, or I want to start serving, or I want to start sharing the love of God. Whatever it is that God's put in you, put it in there. Give it to us during the offering. It's going to come up in a few minutes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for wisdom from your book. We need it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.